As you're probably aware, this coming Monday is the Labor Day holiday here in the United States. So let me extend to you a happy Labor Day weekend. I hope you're enjoying your time off. By the way, in our in-person worship services here at Shepherd today, uh, the focus is going to be on taking time to recharge, recharge our physical and spiritual batteries, so to speak. But in this message here right now, my focus is more on labor, on a biblical view of work. Let me just ask you, what is your personal view of work? What is your own philosophy about labor? Over the years, I've come across any number of people who have a rather negative outlook uh, toward their work. I remember a number of years ago, a rather crass country song came out and became rather popular. It was recorded by a singer named Johnny Paycheck, and it's entitled, again, rather crassly, Take This Job and Shove It. You know, maybe you have... Uh, uh, come across some of those kind of negative attitudes uh, expressed by some folks at your place of employment. And maybe now and again, even some of those same negative sentiments may have rolled off your own uh, tongue at some point. As Christians, what should be our attitude toward work? You know, some people, well-meaning as they are, think that work is a part of God's curse on humanity from way back in the days of Adam and Eve. But is that really an accurate reading and understanding of the biblical text found in the book of Genesis? A key question to consider in this regard is this. When was the concept of work first introduced? Was it before the fall into sin, or after? Think about it. When we go to the very beginning of the Bible, the very first story of the Bible, we see God working. God worked at the efforts of creating the universe. He did that work in six days, and on the seventh day, He rested. And He looked at everything that He had made, and He called it good, including the first human being. That alone, that story alone indicates that God puts a high value on work. But to bring this a little more home where the rubber hits the road for us in our jobs, and our careers, our vocations, consider this truth as well. That after God made Adam, God gave Adam some work to do. And this was before the fall into sin. Listen to what it says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. The fall into sin comes later in chapter 3 of Genesis. And so what we see in this is that work itself is something that God designed and that he valued, both for himself and for people. Work was actually a part of God's perfectly designed world, and it was a part of his good plan for human social existence. Work is a good thing. And so we need to see work as something that is actually a gift from God. 
and a source of fulfillment for us in our human experience. Now, while work itself is not a curse, to be sure, there is an element of curse placed upon our labor as a result of the fall into sin. Namely, the fact that our human labor would now be difficult and toilsome. Listen to what God said to Adam after he and Eve had disobeyed God's command in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3, verses 17 through 19. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food, until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. You know, ever since the fall into sin, our labor is now difficult, toilsome, and yes, sometimes downright frustrating. But let's be real clear about this, biblically speaking. Work in and of itself is a good thing. It's a godly thing. And that really has profound implications for how we approach our jobs, our careers, our schoolwork, whatever our vocation of life might happen to be. In the scripture text that I chose for today, St. Paul addresses the subject of how Christians ought to view their work. I'd like you to listen to uh, these words as he writes to the believers in the town of Colossae. Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Let's unpack those words of St. Paul for just a moment, short phrases at a time. Notice that he starts off by saying, whatever you do, whatever you do. The implication there is that one type of vocation is not necessarily better or worse than another. One isn't more sacred or holy than another. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, he says. Whatever you do. And maybe that also leaves room to consider if you are finding that the work that you are in is not a good match with your gifts and talents and skill set that God has given you, it's okay to seek a different type of employment. Job searching is not sinful. I think God calls us to do the kind of labor in which we will find joy and fulfillment, satisfaction, and a sense of purpose in life that we can do to His glory and honor. So whatever you do, he goes on to say, work at it with all your heart. Work at it with all your heart. In other words, work at it with great diligence. Be a good, faithful, hard worker at whatever you do. Do it with great honesty and integrity, even when the boss isn't looking. Do your very best. Work at it with all your heart. And he goes on to say, 
as working for the Lord, not for men. He takes it to an even higher level of responsibility here. You see, as Christians, we are to see ourselves in whatever our vocations might be as opportunities to work for God, to serve Him, to bring Him glory and honor, even as we serve our fellow mankind and society as a whole. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Then he mentions something about part of what motivates us to do our very best in our labors. He says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. You know you will receive an inheritance from the Lord. We have an inheritance guaranteed to us through our faith in Jesus, our Savior, who has gone into heaven to prepare a place for his children. We know that inheritance awaits us. And knowing that God has done so much for us motivates us to want to do our very best. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. And he finishes by saying, it is the Lord Christ that you are serving. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. We have our Lord Jesus as our ultimate master, our true boss. And it is our heart's delight to serve him to the greatest of our ability in whatever vocation we find ourselves in. You know, the underlying principle behind this particular Bible passage is this fundamental truth. Jesus did the hardest work for us. Jesus did the hardest work for us. Think about it. First of all, Jesus lived the absolute perfect life. Jesus, being the sinless Son of God, lived the life that we were unable to live because we are sinful. He is not. He lived according to God's perfect will, absolutely perfectly in our place. It's part of how He accomplished our salvation. Secondly, of course, He willingly suffered and died the death that we deserve for our sins. Jesus gave his life on that cross some 2,000 years ago precisely to wipe away all of our wrongs that through faith in him we may know we're forgiven and have eternal life. And then he did what seems to be the absolute impossible. He rose from the dead, conquering the power of death and grave, not only over himself but over us as well, assuring that all of us who trust in him will be raised to eternal life with him. What an amazing amount of hard work Jesus did for you and for me. And Jesus, simply saying it, did that work to accomplish your salvation and mine, that you and I might be His now and forever. You know, through faith in Jesus... We are now children of God, the Heavenly Father. And, and as children of the Father, we are promised this eternal inheritance that St. Paul referenced. An inheritance from the King of kings and Lord of lords. Think about that. Everything God the Father owns is ours. Isn't that amazing? And knowing that, does that not move us and motivate us to want to bring him honor in everything we do, including our work. Yes, Jesus did the hardest work for us. And that magnificent gospel truth 
is indeed what motivates us in our own approach to our jobs, our careers, our schoolwork, and whatever vocation we are pursuing, even if that vocation is something involving retirement. How did Paul say it? Once again, listen. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Friends, this Labor Day weekend, even as you rest from your labors, let me encourage you to take some time to consider your own attitude toward work. And whether that work is a job for which you receive a paycheck, or schoolwork for which you receive grades and affirmations, or perhaps a, a volunteer task that brings its own set of intangible kinds of rewards, ask yourself these two questions. First of all, am I working at it with all my heart? That is, am I doing it with great diligence, honesty, and integrity? And then secondly, ask yourself the question, do I carry out my work from the mindset of serving Christ, who himself did the very hardest work for me? If for some reason you are not answering those two questions with a yes, then let me ask you what needs to change. Maybe this Labor Day weekend can be one of those transformative moments for you regarding the intersection of your work and your faith. I pray that come Tuesday, you'll be saying to yourself, I'm going to take this job and love it. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of labor. We thank you that you demonstrated for us the value of hard work. Help us to see our various vocations as callings from you, as opportunities to serve you by serving our neighbor and society as a whole. Lord God, remind us every day of the hardest work that Jesus our Savior did for us, and let that be a motivation to us to do our very best for your glory and honor. In your precious name we pray. Amen.